0: We are in December, and uh, we take time in December to celebrate Christmas, as you would have known, Christmas is its upon us. We put up our Christmas tree this morning, well, let's be honest, I'll, I'll be honest, Mel put up our Christmas tree this morning, that's her tradition with the kids. Um, if you go into the shopping centres, it's all Christmas. Uh, there's a few of us that work in Bunnings and we know when it's Christmas time because all the Christmas lights and the trees come out at Bunnings and takes up, you know, half the store. Uh, I, let, let, me just, let me just share something as a preacher to you before I get into the full series, right? I love Christmas. I love it. But as a preacher, it's actually very difficult because this is my 12th year preaching on Christmas. And the challenge is every year, the challenge is to make it new, right? To make it engaging. Like people that have been uh, in, in, in chapel since we started, this is the fifth Christmas series that you would have heard me preach. And it can become, honestly, it can become quite repetitive. It's the same story. It's not like the story changed, you know? It's not like halfway through this year, the Christmas story suddenly changed. So, as a preacher, one of the hardest things that that I have to uh, try to do is to bring about God's word in a fresh way. But I realized something. It's not my job. My job is to faithfully preach what the scriptures say. And it's actually the job of the Holy Spirit to give you fresh eyes to see Christmas. So, this year, what I decided to do was I'm going to preach Christmas 101. To preach as if this is the first time you would have heard the Christmas story. And the whole series this uh, this year is called Christmas Equals Blank. Christmas Equals Blank. And over the next four weeks, we're we're gonna look at what the Bible tells us Christmas equals, what Christmas is about. I'm gonna tell you right now, there's four things Christmas equals peace, Christmas equals hope, Christmas equals joy. And Christmas equals love. And that's going to be the next four weeks. Just because you know that doesn't mean, you know, you don't have to come, okay? But I want to challenge you guys as we get into Christmas. What does Christmas mean to you? I think, as I said, if you've grown up in the church, it can become very repetitive. But God's Word is not about repetition. It's about new mercies, newness in your soul. So I hope, and my prayer is that that you would hear these messages on Christmas and that they would be received in a, a fresh and new way this year. Amen? Amen. What does the world tell us that Christmas equals? Right? If you go into any shopping center, you go online, what does the world tell us Christmas equals, and I think the world tells us that Christmas equals three things. Christmas means three things. One, family, time with family. Two, Christmas equals holidays, you know, whether you travel or whether you just don't go to work. And three, Christmas equals presents. Family, holidays, and presents. Think about what your plans are over Christmas are this year right? Family, holidays, presents, right? And as much as there's nothing wrong with these things, there's nothing wrong with family, there's nothing wrong with holidays, there's nothing wrong with presents. Is this really the only thing that Christmas means to you? I want to challenge you through God's Word not just to know what Christmas equals, but practically, practically, I want to help you to live that out in your life. So my challenge this year is not just to present Christmas to you in terms of what the Bible says, but I want to help you to practically apply that. Um, our text for tonight is from Isaiah chapter nine, verse six to seven, a very famous Christmas passage. This passage, uh, this prophecy from Isaiah is given to us 700 years before the birth of Jesus. Okay? Here we go. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government... And peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establish, and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. 700 years ago, the prophet Isaiah declares that there will be a day where the Savior of the world will come. Why is Christmas such an important day? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Like, yes, it's a birthday. Like, my my son had his birthday, you know, Ben, right? Man, he was so excited. But, you know, even for Ben, it's like, why are you excited about your birthday? For him, it's not like, oh, you know, I've been alive for eight years. You know, eight years ago, my mom went through all of this pain and suffering, and my dad went through all this pain and suffering next to the mom being pain and suffering. And, you know, please pray for me. I have to go through it again very soon as well. You know, for Ben, it's simple. It's, uh, it's my birthday, and I get presents, Right? Sometimes if we, if we forget the significance of what, why Christmas is important to us, then, then that's what we're going to make Christmas to become. Oh, well, it's just the birthday of Jesus. But what, why is that important in the biggest scale of things? It's because God's active plan, okay, God's active plan of reconciliation begins with the birth of Jesus. Okay? And I need to give you a big picture. Till this point in history, since Adam and Eve committed the first sin by disobeying God in the Garden of Eden, man has been at war with God. God created man, but when man disobeyed God, pretty much said, we are going to go at war. We are going to go to war with each other. And that has been the history of mankind, the whole Old Testament. We have temporary Temporary sac- sacrifices that create little pieces of peace and quiet in between. But really, the history of man is that we have been at war with God. What does the birth of Jesus signify? It signifies the coming of peace. That's why in Isaiah, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, verse 7, of the greatness of his governor and peace, there will be no end. When the angels turn up to the shepherds in the fields, the the angels are singing, and we see this in, in Luke 2, 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. Peace. What's peace? Peace is the opposite. Of war. Now, sometimes when we think about the word war, we think about weapons. We think about other places in this world. But let me tell you, you don't need to be carrying a weapon to be at war. Restlessness in your soul is war. Dissatisfaction in life is war. Your mind racing a million miles an hour is war. Broken relationships is war. But Christmas, that's why Christmas is so important, because it signifies the end of war. The war between man and God, and the war between man and man. Christmas equals peace. There are three areas of peace that we all need in our lives. The first one is this. We need peace with God. This is the most important foundation to all pursuits of peace in our lives. Without this, we will never experience true peace in any area of our lives. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in Romans, the way to gain peace with God is what? Through Jesus Christ, whom has justified us, made us right with God, not because of our lives, not because of what we do, not because of our works, but our faith in Jesus There is no other way that we can be at peace with our Creator God except through the blood of Jesus Christ. You cannot live a good enough life. You can't give charitably, generously to peace. You can't earn your way to a a peaceful life with God. It can only be done when we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin and mine, and because of that sacrifice alone, we can be made right with God. That's the good news of of Jesus. And only through that can we experience true peace with God. The second area of peace that we need is that we need peace with ourselves. When and only when we find peace with God through being justified by faith, we can start to enjoy the fruits of that. And one of the fruits of that is that we can learn to be at peace with ourselves. Now, you might be thinking, I'm not war with myself. I love myself. I might be thinking, I don't, I'm not going to battle against myself. But, but let me tell you, most of us are. And it comes into the form Of of who you are and who you want to be. It gets displayed. The symptoms of this restlessness in our soul comes out in our insecurities, in our anxieties, in our guilts, and in our fears. This is what it means to be at war with yourself. To be unhappy with yourself. Philippians 4, 6-7 reads, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will transcend all understanding. I know without even having to ask each of you, every single person in this room has worries. We have anxieties. We have questions. We have gaps in our lives. But the Scriptures tell us, the Scriptures tell us that we have a place where we can go to take this to God. And when we take it to God, what will God do? He will give us His peace. Peace, firstly, knowing that we are at peace with Him, and secondly, with ourselves. We can be okay with ourselves because God is okay with us. And I love it. Peace that transcends all understanding. You know, people, you know, people say, you know, why are you so calm? The world's going through a major financial crisis, and, and as a believer, they're like, why are you so calm? You know, Christians who go through tragedy, they deal with it differently to the way that the world deals with it. And the world says, why are you not stressed? And the only answer that we have is, well, because we have God. And how do you explain that to a non-believer and go, well, God gives me his peace, and I just don't feel anxious. So we don't understand it. Can you explain the science of God's peace in our life? No, but it transcends that. It's beyond our understanding. And you know what? Don't fight that. Sometimes we, get, we struggle because we don't understand something that we, we, we feel like it's not real. But remember, we're, we're creation and God is creator. We're not going to understand everything that God does. We just have to trust His word. We can experience peace with ourselves. Thirdly, We need peace with others. God sent Jesus to us so that we can experience peace with him, peace with ourselves, and peace with others. Romans 12, 18 reads, If possible, so far as depends on you, be at peace with all men. Ephesians 4, 31, 32 reads, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. The birth of Jesus reminds us that He was the gift of reconciliation from God. Right? We get to enjoy peace with God because God gave us the gift of Jesus. And what we're meant to re- be reminded is that as recipients of the gift of reconciliation, we aren't meant to just hold it for ourselves, but we are meant to share that gift of reconciliation with others. God does not want us to be fighting against each other. Because God forgave us, we should forgive others. We can only experience this peace in relationship because peace was brought down to us through Jesus. And that's what Christmas is about. Peace with God. Peace with ourselves and peace with others. So, this Christmas, what will it be? Toys, holidays, time at the beach. Maybe a time to enjoy some peace. The birth of Jesus surely must be more than families, holidays and gifts. Jesus offers to us In John 14, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let me ask you. Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with yourself? Are you at peace with others? As I said, most of us know what the answer should be. Most of us know. But my question is, is it visible in your life? You know, in uh, Miss Universe, the beauty contest, there's that joke, right? It's like, if you could have one thing. I don't know why I started speaking like that. But if you could have, if you could have one thing, what would you want? What's the answer? World peace. You know, you know we don't understand war because we live in Sydney. I think that's something that we need to understand. Like, if I was preaching this message in the Middle East, if I was preaching this message in in South America, if I was preaching this in Mexico, and we start talking about war, and we start talking about peace, you know, they will receive it in a very different way. But we live in Sydney. You know the most war that we get to? It's like someone cuts us off on the road. You know? Someone jumps the queue and gets, you know, And then it's like, oh, it's all, you know, like how dare you, you know, you flip tables and, you know, we we live very sheltered. But that doesn't mean that we, we have peace. We need to understand that peace is a great thing from God in ourselves and with each other. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas equals peace. So, let me finish with three practical ways that that we can really understand or how to apply this. First one is this, give thanks to God. If Christmas is about peace and if the first thing that we understand is that, that God has given us His Son, Jesus, to create peace in our relationship with Him, then actually our response, our first response, before we do anything else, is to give thanks. What did you do to reconcile your broken relationship with God? Nothing. That's what Christmas reminds us. That God gave, we received. The tradition of giving and receiving of gifts, it started from God. Who gave mankind the greatest gift in his one and only son. The prince of peace who would save us from our sins and deliver us from evil. You know, when, when, we, when, we, when, we have, when you have kids, you know, one of the things that we teach them is when they receive a gift, we say, hey, what do you say? And the kids say, oh, thank you. When's the last time you said thank you at Christmas for the gift of Jesus? I think we take this gift for granted. We take Jesus for granted, don't we? Peace on earth. We take it for granted. When's the last time you were truly grateful, genuinely thankful to God for Christmas? It's the most obvious thing, the, the most practical and most obvious thing that we can do is to give thanks to God. So, that's the first practical application, is this Christmas, let's learn to be grateful. Let's learn to say thanks to God. Secondly is this, if Christmas equals peace, our second application is you need to surrender yourself again. God says to give him all anxiety and worries in our lives and that he will replace them with his peace. Christmas, you know, Christmas is meant to be a time of joy and happiness, laughter, family. But actually, so many studies have been done that Christmas is actually one of the most depressing times of the year. Because if you're blessed to have family, if you're blessed to have finances, if you're blessed to have a job, then Christmas is great. But for many people, they don't have that. And what makes them even more depressed is they see the world celebrating all these things that they don't have. And they feel even a greater lack. I read, this, I read this story, and I will correct it, but they said that the suicide rate around Christmas time is higher than any other time in the year. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. I, and then I did more reading, and that's not true. So originally I was going to say that, but I want to correct that and say that's not true. They actually say it's about springtime. But you understand what I'm saying, right? You know, for us, that we get to celebrate Christmas, you know, like with family and friends, and that's a great thing, but not everyone has what we have. You know, we have our own struggles, we have our own worries. You know, how many times do we turn up to a Christmas party? You're stressed. You're like, I don't know, I don't have money, I don't, I don't have a job for next year, I don't know what I'm going through in my life. I, and, and then you have to turn up to a Christmas party and everyone's happy. And you're like, oh yeah, hey, Merry Christmas, oh God bless you. And inside you're like dying. Instead of trying to cover up your struggles and worries with big Christmas spending and alcohol, why don't you take them to God this year? Why don't you surrender yourself to God once again this year and allow the peace that transcends all understanding to cover your life? I think that's the second practical that I'd love to leave with you is, is take some time this Christmas not just to say thanks to God, but once again surrender your life to Him. Surrender your life to Him so that He can give you His peace. You know, so many times we try to create peace on our own and it just doesn't work. But we surrender that to God and God gives us his peace. Finally, the third application, if Christmas equals peace, not only to give thanks to God, not only to surrender yourselves, I think this one's the the most practical, but some of you ain't going to like this one. You need to learn to forgive others if Christmas really is about peace, if Christmas really is about the reconciliation, if Jesus was given to us as a gift of peace, then maybe this Christmas, we need to exercise reconciliation on our own part. We are called to forgive because God forgave us first. God made peace with us when we were still rebelling against him. And then he says, go and do the same. Go and do the same. I gave you Jesus to reconcile my relationship with you. You, as a recipient of that gift, go and do the same. Instead of going crazy on gifts for people that you love this year, why don't you remember that Christmas is about peace? And why don't you find a place where you can create some peace? It might be with a family member that you have fallen out with. It might be a work colleague that wronged you sometime throughout this year. It might even be your pastor who might have said something to offend you this year. Take the opportunity to make peace. There's no point in celebrating Christmas. There's no point in understanding that Christmas is about God's gift of reconciliation to us if we can't experience that peace in our lives within the people around us. And I know it's challenging. Well, they started it. They don't deserve reconciliation. You fools, none of us deserved reconciliation. And yet God gave us his son. That should be enough for us to go above and beyond. Someone hurt you this year. Maybe it's time to reach out to them. Or maybe you hurt someone. Maybe you cut off a relationship this year. Maybe it's an opportunity to reach out to them and make some peace because God did it for you. Friends, Christmas does not just equal family, holidays, and gifts, but it equals peace. A peace that the world cannot give, a peace that the world cannot understand, a peace that was found in a manger with the birth of of jesus christ i pray that this christmas you would not just receive but experience this peace this year amen let's pray